0: get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses. Welcome back. I'm excited to continue this conversation with Nick True, and we've just spent quite a bit of time talking about budgeting and you know, all the reasons behind why it doesn't work for you. And so if you haven't listened to the, to the first interview, go back and check it out. But Nick is ready to really dive in deep and show us what are some of the practical steps and how we actually make it work and stick to it. So Nick, welcome back. So exciting to, to have you here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to dive in and, and hopefully give some folks some, some really uh, practical stuff they can walk away with on this.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So talk, so talk about, um, when you sit down with your clients, I know you have one-on-one work that you do for Mm -hmm. clients to to you, you help somebody analyze a budget and then, um, even I think longer engagements. Um, so walk us through what happens and how do you, you Yeah. what, what things does a client have to work on? What do you do for them? Sure. Um, All of those steps.
1: Yeah. So, um, we start uh, probably the easiest thing to do is just to sort of walk through my, the five step process that I work with with my clients, and so um, we start with this five step process uh, for your dream budget D R E A M. And so it's a little cheesy, a little hokey, right? Trying to achieve <laughs> your dreams, but that really is, I mean, that really is the goal, right? Like we yeah. we're trying to achieve whatever your dream is, and so the first one, the 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 D in dream is sort of what we talked about in the, in the last call about determining your starting point. And so this is where you have to determine your current location, which just means like, how much are you currently spending? How much do you currently make? And where is it going? And so the easiest thing to do here is to use a budgeting tool like YNAB or Mint, something that can link to your bank accounts and just pull in that data. And then we can see, okay, this is how much you're spending on groceries and this is how much you're spending on eating out. And this is how much you're spending on rent or your mortgage or whatever. And we, we have no judgment in this first phase, and that's really important. You don't you don't get to look at this and sort of go like, oh, I'm terrible. You, you just it just is what it is. We lay it out there.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: that tells us where we're currently located. all right mm-hmm. um, and And you do that for really a couple of weeks or a month. that way we get like a full month worth of like, okay here's here's what's going on. From there, the R, And we do this step sort of as we're collecting that data, right? Because like I said, that that data collection process happens over the course of a few weeks or a month. The R is going big picture and it's to refine your vision. And so uh, people often have a vague idea of what they want their future to be like. They have a vague vision for what they want their future to be like, but it's not refined. It's not clear. And so during this phase, you know, we're asking questions like, what do you want your life to look like? in the next three years. Um, where do you want to live? What do you want your love life to look like? What do you want your family to look like? What sort of work do you want to be doing? Will you be doing the same work you're doing now or different work? Do you want a different promotion? Do you want to, like, what, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Um, where do you want to travel? What do you want to buy? What do you want to be driving? What sort of, you know, um, extracurricular hobbies or activities do you want to be paying for and involved with? What do you want a typical day of your life to look like? And we get super clear on that. And it's important to recognize that this is something you should be doing throughout your life. This whole five-step process, sort of jumping a little bit ahead, but this whole process is a, is a process you can use for the rest of your life. Hannah and I walk through ourselves, we walk through these five steps together as a couple every quarter
0: mm-hmm. and just
1: repeat it because mm-hmm. our vision changes. Mm-hmm. And so three years ago, we had a vision that we wanted to buy an RV and travel the country. Well, now we've done it and we have a new vision for buying a house and settling down and building a family and some other stuff that we want to do down the road. And so that vision has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now we're refining that vision for that next three to five, 10 years. So, so during this phase, you go super deep. And I do um, two exercises for this. The first, I do a bullet point sort of format. So I'll write down January, 2023. Just a couple of bullet points of what I want to have accomplished by them, what, what, what our life's going to look like. The other exercise that I love doing for this piece is a um, future journaling. And this is something that I got from a friend of mine named Jillian Johnsrud. And she she does this future journaling concept where basically, you write a journal entry in the future, but as if it's happened. And Mm -hmm. so you sit down and you say, all right, today is January 2025. I've just had the best year of my life um the family and i just did this we just finished traveling to here and we've got this brand new vacation lined up for march that we're so thrilled about um we've paid off all of our debt and we're now in a, a living completely debt free or whatever it is for you but you write it in that way and so uh, once a year i will go through and write my future journal for my vision so does that make sense any questions on those first two steps
0: no i think i think it makes sense the only one- one clarifying question I wanted to ask is when you write your vision and, and like you do your bullet points, do you attach dollar values to any of the of those things you wanna accomplish, like your goals? Or right now it's more like, here's what I want and we'll get to the numbers.
1: Yes, right now it's more, here's what we want, we'll get to the numbers. So the numbers really come into play with the E. Um, and so we'll, we'll get to that in the third step, but yes, it's, it, it's more, this step is more art than science, right? Mm-hmm. It's more feeling. It's more, okay. feeling. Uh, it's more um, what do you want? Because at the end of the day, money is a tool to help you do whatever it is you want. And so um, some people's wants take a lot of money. Some people's wants don't take that much money. And so yeah. here we're just trying to get clarity around, um, around that vision piece. So it's, it's less n- hard numbers here for sure.
0: Got it. Okay. I like that part for sure. Cause I think a lot of clients and you probably see this too, they get tripped up on this, like, totally oh, how am I going to do this? I don't know. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Like, that's the, there's yep. like, I can't move forward. Uh, so hold well, on.
1: And, and during this exercise, you know, I'm sort of, um, sort of giving away the, the, the thing first, but during this exercise, what you'll find oftentimes is that in order to really live your dream, um, it's actually less in some ways than you maybe thought Mm. because when it really comes down to it, most people's dreams are around relationships. And so it's around like, I want to travel, but I want to travel because I want to go here with that person that I love. Right. And I want to live in this house, but it's really less about the big house and more about the fostering of the relationships of the people in the house. Right. And, And so when you really dive deeper into these dreams it's normally not about what you see on Instagram. It's only not the Instagram lifestyle that's really gonna bring you true joy. It's these other more deeper things that actually don't take as much money as what it appears that they take on Instagram. And so that's sort of the secret of of this vision piece is recognizing that. And a lot of times, now sometimes you'll you'll come out of this and and your dreams do require a lot of money, which is great. Mm
0: -hmm. But Mm -hmm.
1: oftentimes they may not require as much as you initially think they do, if that makes sense.
0: It does make a, a lot of sense. I I, I love you. I love the angle that it's it's focused on relationships, uh, for sure. And I think I think I can see this all throughout, even even for most families who want to buy a, a home, or if you're starting out and you're about to have a family. Um, that's the reason you're buying a home.
1: <laughs> totally. Totally. So. And that's and and that and that so so going forward into the into the E, okay. the establishing a plan piece. This is where we get to put a little bit more numbers with this. And this will come out again with this sort of like you said with the home and the family thing. So so the E stands for establishing your plan. Okay. So if the vision is five and ten years, the plan for, for me, my clients, and what I recommend, it's three months. And mm-hmm. so we work in three month sprints because most of the time even a full year, it's really difficult to estimate. I I read a book um, a couple of years ago that really had a big impact on me called the 12 week year. And they talked a great deal about how terrible humans are at estimating and how terrible we are at estimating what we're actually gonna be able to accomplish. And so they sort of share how we typically overestimate what we can accomplish in a day, and we tend to underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And so they sort of have found that at about 12 weeks, about, about three months, we're actually pretty decent. And so we can sort of think that far out and say, okay, in in three months, I'd like to have this much done or whatever. So how does that tie into the vision? Well, if your vision is, you wanna be living in this certain area, you wanna have paid off this much debt because that's what's gonna help you bring that vision to reality, whatever. Now we can say, okay, what can I focus on for the next three months? It's gonna move me towards that vision, right? If I'm trying to take some dream vacation, if I'm trying to save to have a kid, if I'm trying to save to buy a house, if I'm trying to invest more for my retirement, if I'm trying to pay down debt, let's hyper focus. I don't want to pay down all my debt in three months. What can I realistically do in three months? Well, maybe I can pay down $3,000 of credit card debt in three months, or maybe I can save up and fully fund my IRA in three months, or maybe I can save up an extra couple thousand for a down payment on that house. Whatever it is, we're going to hyper-focus. Here's what we're doing for three months. And I typically don't choose more than one or two goals at a time. And that's where we put the money. The money numbers go here. Mm -hmm. Then we get into actually the A, which is making this thing happen. Does that make sense on the E?
0: It makes perfect sense. And that's, yeah, I see the connection now. Perfect. I love the, I love the, the, I call those 90 days run. Yes. Yes. I love those too. It's really, it's been powerful for me as well. Good shorter um, sort of kind of runways well it
1: just and especially i mean this year come on like so, everything in 2020 like everything's changing every five days it seems like and so um you know to to, to start off 2020 and have set annual goals is laughable right and so <laughs> so being able to sort of hyper focus uh, let's just get through these next three months and then i'll, I'll res- reset as is, is helpful
0: yeah i also love the fact that um and I actually just did a, a podcast recording on this topic uh, really like a couple of weeks ago. Like, okay, um, 2020 is, is still here. We still have a lot of time to make it right. But, and so I wanted to kind of talk about the, the goal setting and, and like, hey, let's have a reset point because yes. we have to do a lot of it in January and like, oh my gosh, it's going to be perfect. And look, um, this year I've proven that it, it can't, you know, it could be really different. So like these every 90 days or every 12 weeks resets are so powerful. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. So
1: moving into the A, the A is sort of a fluffy word, but it's for actualizing your dream. Okay. And so it's all fine and dandy for us to set a vision. It's all fine and dandy for us to set a plan. How many plans have you made that you never actually did? Right. So the A is where we're actually taking action and making our plan come to life. This is where we do the traditional budgeting, right? So it's funny, I'm, I'm teaching you how to budget. We're not actually doing what you think of as budgeting, which is cutting back on things yeah. until step four, right? And that's like, that's how important all this pre-work is. At this point, this is where we are going to sit down, look at the hard numbers and say, okay, in order for us to achieve our plan for the next three months, which is saving a certain number or paying down a certain number of debt, which is serving our big vision, in order for us to do that, where can we cut? Can we cut our groceries? Can we cut back on you know, our eating out? Can we cut back on this stuff? Where can we cut back? And the way that we do that, the, my favorite exercise that I use for this is looking at the underlying values of your spending. And so this part, it's very similar to what you said, right? I wanna buy a new home. Okay, well, why do we wanna buy a new home? Is it convenience to a certain location? Maybe you don't wanna to have to commute very much. Is it size because um, you're wanting to optimize for a certain size for your family? Um, is it location to family, to your extended family? Like what are you partic- in particular optimizing for? And so you should be doing this on the big purchases, which people often do on their house. They think about that, but you should also be doing this on the hyper small purchases. So my favorite example for this is eating out. When you go out to eat, what do you, what do you, What value are you purchasing? Because you could be purchasing convenience because you don't want to cook. You could be purchasing time, right? You could be purchasing like a nice feeling because it just feels nice to get waited on rather than you having to wait on everybody else. You could be purchasing food. Maybe you're a legitimate foodie and that matters to you. You could be purchasing a really fun environment. You could be purchasing social time with friends. You could be purchasing all kinds of stuff. But very rarely are you just purchasing food. So when my wife and I did this exercise, we started looking at it and we found for us, when we go out to eat 90% of the time, we're looking for a fun environment to get out of the house and to relax in. That's our top priority. That's our top value. And so we actually don't care that much about like having the best food in town. We want good food, but not the best food. We don't care as much about the convenience, we're fine to cook ourselves. And so when we looked at this, we analyzed and said, okay, is there a way that we can get the same value by spending less money? Mm. And for us it was, and we found coffee shops. So for us, we now, about 90% of our going out is going to coffee shops rather than eating out. Instead we'll cook here and then go out to a coffee shop because what we can do is we can spend $10 on really nice coffee, right? (laughs) and only spend 10 bucks and get the same value, which is for us, the out in a cool place, good time with each other, or time with friends. And what's super fun about that is we don't even have to cut our total eating out budget for the month. We could still keep the exact same budget and now we just get to go out so many more times because coffee shops are way cheaper than eating out. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now you may be listening to that and going, I hate coffee shops, I love eating out because I'm a foodie. And so for that person, you should not cut your eating out budget. But what you need to do is look at all the spending in your, in your budget and, and, and ask that exercise. What's the underlying value or the priority that I'm actually buying here? And is there a way that I can get that same priority by spending less money so that I can shovel money into the things that bring me the most uh, joy or the most values? Going back to what I've said earlier, a lot of people slip into subconscious spending. Mm-hmm. And so the whole purpose of this is just to consciously spend as much money as possible on the things that you value most, not what anybody else values.
0: Mm-hmm. I've I've never um I, I I haven't heard many people talk about like the value with the spending. I think we talk about values, you know, in other in other instances in our life, but in terms of spending, I love that exercise. That that exercise you guys do for eating out. This is the fun, This is the funny kind of a comment. But every time. I see someone, you know, spending numbers and everything, and we have clients sitting in front of you, yep. are, you know, and they're looking at the numbers, and the first category, they're pointing out, guess where? Like, we spend too much money on food, yep. or too much yep. money eating yep. out, and I say, well, why do you say that? <laughs> right? yep. What are you comparing it to? Yes. Um, and nobody has a good answer for some reason. Yep. Like they, it, they just feel it's, it.
1: Just feels like it's too much.
0: Yeah, somehow somehow feels it's off, but perhaps it's not off. Perhaps it's just like you said, it's not aligned with the vision and the values. that. That's that right. We, um,
1: That's have. right. And so like for me, for mine and my wife's budget, we have two eating out categories. We have date mm-hmm. night and then we have social because those are the two top priorities we optimize for. Mm-hmm. For some of my clients, we don't, we very rarely just call it eating out. For some of my clients, we have eating out categories where we literally write convenience eating out because they don't want to cook certain nights of the week.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: we optimize for that. And we say, great, you don't have to cook. Let's build that into the budget, right? But mm-hmm. let's not call it eating out. Let's call it convenience eating out because that's the value you care about. Uh, and and that's, that's what I want everybody to do is just think about what's that value that they want and let's optimize for that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I can certainly relate to the convenience one because life can get busy. You're like, okay, I'm just going to grab something. Although actually for me personally, I am more, I'm more of, you know, opting out to cook. And so, you know, I'm I'm really actually really happy to bring lunch. So I don't have to go scout my little town here and try to, I mean, there's only so many options. And I, you know, like when I go to the office, so I'd rather have lunch and then enjoy more of like more formal going out to dinner. Yes. so Absolutely. like, that's probably telling you a little bit about my values in terms of like how I would, but uh, that's perfect. Be more um, excited. I do like to get a coffee from some, from time yep. to time, but that's it, you know? Just, yep. So, um, yeah, well, and you- it's,
1: it's even like, uh, it's even funny when you go on vacation with people. So like my parents, for example, my parents, I would consider them more foodie people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, if we go to the beach on vacation, they're looking for the best, most high quality seafood in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't care what the atmosphere is like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Hannah and I, we're looking for like pretty good seafood, decent seafood, doesn't have to be the best. But what we're looking for is the place on the beach with a beach view, with cool mm-hmm. lights and a nice at- Like we optimize for atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so we're always gonna choose the place on the beach with decent food versus the place with the best, most highly ranked food that's not on the beach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Neither one's right or wrong. It's just a matter of like, what do you like? And let's optimize for that.
0: Yeah. And, and so, I mean, one question sort of comes to mind Nick. here, um, you tend to spend more time looking at your choices, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of this, what we're talking about is so much on autopilot, especially around food and like even ordering groceries on, yeah. you know, on online. So um, what are some of, you, some of your best sort of tips around, like, how do you make the decision quick enough and don't get like stuck into, okay, I'm going to go on Yelp and Look at you know, all of these uh, criteria that you Yeah,
1: have. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me is, um, and I'm, I'm blessed and cursed in this way, I'll say. I'm a naturally curious person. I've always mm-hmm. been that way, and I've always asked a bajillion questions my whole life, and I annoyed my parents to no end because of this. Well, mm-hmm. out of that, my wife and I, we've created what we tend to call this culture of dreaming in our house and in our family and in our friend groups, What I mean by that is during times of like relaxation and we're just hanging out, maybe we're in the car, maybe we are out to eat, we're just chatting and socializing. I'm always asking questions. And so I'll ask questions like, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? Regardless, pretend money doesn't exist. pretend, Pretend you just pick people up and move them with you. What city would you live in, right? If you could do anything with your job, what would you do? If you could do any job in the world and still make the exact same amount of money you make right now, what would you do for a living? Um, And then hyper-specific questions like, if you could only eat one restaurant for the rest of your life, what would you choose? I ask these kinds of questions all the time. And so a lot of my wife and I's conversations are just talking about random dreams, random nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you could, if if you could only have one type of couch, because right now we're about to buy a home. So we're thinking a lot about <laughs> furniture and houses and stuff. And so if you could only buy one type of couch, what would you buy? Right. Um, if you, you know, if you had to to choose between a queen bed and a king bed, why do you think you would choose one or the other? Like our conversations naturally are just dreaming. And so then when it comes to making an in the moment decision, we've already done so much of this pre work in the conversation that we already know.
0: Mm. And so
1: I'm sort of reprogramming a lot of my subconscious decision making by having conscious conversations all the time. Um, So I don't know how, I don't know how, that's not like a super practical in the moment tip, because in the moment, it would take a lot of time if you did this every time.
0: Yeah, no, but, but I think, um, I agree. Definitely. I, I think it's definitely getting people to maybe have, uh, more practical conversations or, yes. you know, or have, cause I think we're, we, we, we generally don't. I mean, one of the things I advocate a lot and I came up with a cute phrase for, for this, you know, for these type of conversations or conversations around money, I call them money dates.
1: Yes. Like,
0: something, something that is going to get you excited to even talk through, um, anything, right? Like even simple things as like, as you were just mentioning, you know, which, which restaurant would you like to go And But here's, here's what um, we've already discussed. And it's kind of been um, underlying. I, I, you know, I'm going to practice, I'm going to start asking more questions uh, of my significant other, because that does get us in trouble sometimes. They're like, okay, what do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Well, I want to go here. We go here all the time. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, okay, well, you pick. No, I think you're gonna be upset. I'm like, okay, well then we'll just stay and cook at home. <laughs> yep,
1: yep, yep.
0: So you i am sure you've heard that a lot too. Oh okay. yeah, oh yeah. So I'm all ears for your uh, letter M, right? M,
1: M, yeah. Well, the M's the M's the easiest and the hardest one. Okay, so the uh-huh. easiest to explain—it's make it a habit, right? So, like I alluded to, the dream framework is a five-step process that I hope that you and I repeat for the rest of our life right? This is something that like clockwork, we have a money date. Han and I sit down every quarter and we will take a full day and we go through this. We look at where our spending's been. We refine our vision. Hey, has anything changed for where we think we want to be in a few years? Anything shifted on this dream vision document? What do we need to do? What do we need to update? Oh, nothing changed. Great. Move on. It's all looks good. Oh, actually that did change. That big thing changed. Let's rearrange it. Our vision has changed now. And then we say, okay, what's our goals for the next three months? What are we hyper-focused on? What are we going to save? What are we going to do? And then we get to the A, we actualize it. And we say, okay, how do we work this into the budget? Are we going to cut back anywhere? Are we going to beef up our savings goals? Like, How are we going to actually achieve this plan? And then we make it a habit by putting it on the calendar for three months from now. Mm -hmm. And so the, the key with that making it a habit is you should be constantly reassessing your vision because your vision changes as you go through life, right? We just talked about the why, the why for 20 somethings is not the same as the why for 50 somethings and that's not the same as the why for 30s and 40s and 60s. And so you've got to refine that vision and reset and relook at your spending on a regular habitual basis because it changes and we wanna make our money work for us as those changes happen.
0: Yeah, I, I love I love this ongoing, certainly work quite a bit. One question I wanted to ask just to close on all of this. Sure. Um, we didn't really touch on uh, anything or talked about anything in terms of savings. So where do you guys start to introduce that? Cause I, I mean, I would love that to be a part of the overall yeah. process. Yeah. So what do you do?
1: So for us, um, the savings aspect comes in those middle steps and right. So for us, we know that as part of our vision, we want to retire at some point. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, as part of our vision, we have, uh, we have a basic idea of what we want that retirement to look like. And for me and my wife, we know that we would like to fund that retirement primarily through stocks and real estate investing. And so we, that's part of our plan. So we have, by 2025, we're going to own three rental properties. By 2030, we're going to own 10. And so like that's part of our plan as part of our vision. Mm-hmm. And so then the savings aspect comes in and the planning and the actualizing. It's like, okay, if we're actually going to buy a rental property, then we need to save like at least you know however many dollars in the next three months, and so it's part of that part of that aspect. And so, m- my hope is that people who haven't been saving or investing uh, and they're trying to budget, we get so clear on that vision that we realize I have to start saving and investing, otherwise this vision is not going to happen. Uh, and then we start implementing it in those in those steps E and A, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly does. I I like because I I think it's also one of the biggest roadblocks people have is like there's no money I can barely you know live my lifestyle and I am not going to cut my bills like that's just not you know so like these defense mechanisms we have in our head that like there's no way I can save and
1: and sometimes when when someone has that thought like you have to have the tough conversation and I and I will I will look people in the face and say okay well here's the tough conversation then if you don't want to cut your bills we need to just understand that that vision you want, you have, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just not right. And so that, like, that's the, that's the trade-off. And so um, that's, that's the hard part of what we do, right? Cause that's the not fun part of like, okay, you say you want to be able to live free and retire at 55 and travel the world and do whatever. If you don't save, that's not going to happen. And, and my whole thing is at the end of your life, you're going to have made a finite amount of money, right? It's going to be a number. Even Jeff Bezos, it's going to be a lot of money, but it would be a finite number and you could put it on a screen. And so the question is, if we look back on our life and we look at all those dollars, did we spend those dollars in a way that we're happy about? Did we spend those dollars in the best way possible for the dreams that we have? Or did we let them slip through our fingers through subconscious habits that we never questioned or thought about. And so it's through that conversation that we realize I have to save because that's the only way I'm going to be able to achieve this vision.
0: Yes, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy that um, you actually um, spent your time with us today and, and sort of took a dip, completely different uh, angle onto, uh, onto this topic that I think so many people uh, just dread really, like, straight out don't want to talk about budgeting. I don't do budgeting. <laughs> I have this yep. one of the questions on the questionnaire for my clients to fill out is like, is there a system and anything, any way you track your expenses? And like, big no. Like, yep. I just, I'm meeting today. So, like, all right, I know where we have to start. Well, so if folks want to get into your world um, and even pro- possibly work with you, because I know this is a completely different process from what I do uh, ultimately. And so I'd love for them to connect with you, Nick. How is that possible?
1: Yeah, so um, the easiest way to connect with me directly just send me an email uh, Nick at map.money.com. If you're seriously interested in working with me and want to see what that would be like, I would love to hear from you Nick at ma.money.com. If you just want to check out what me and my wife are doing and sort of our content and, and see that, uh, go to YouTube and just type in Nick True or Mapped Out Money, uh, or you can also check out our podcast, which is um, you know uh, the Mapped Out Money podcast.
0: having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember you are the boss of your money.